You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. But I think you have two guys. Musgrave is a vertical guy. Um, He's got some juice to him. He can attack all three levels. Kraft is, to me, kind of a complete multidimensional tight end. Broadcasting live from the ESPN Madison studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Pro Football Focus put out their way too early top 10 in the mock draft for uh, 2024 based on Super Bowl 58 odds. Packers pick eight. Uh, so that's what, like five wins? Five and 12? Yeah, somewhere in there. I think if you go into this season as a Packer fan, because you have no effect on what the team is going to do. Right. So I would just set my expectations of like, hey, five wins and Jordan Love looks like he's a guy that can we want to give a yeah. longer chance to. It's a win. I'll tell you what, Jim. It seems to me the Packers fans we've talked to or texted with or, or get tweets from or I, I talk to when I'm out and about, the expectations are temp- tempered. And everybody seems to be on the same page of, hey, this is going to be a different year. This is not a championship or bust year. This is a let's figure out who the hell Jordan Love is. Let's figure out who these receivers and tight ends are. Let's figure out who we have to weed out in the trenches, right? David Bakhtiari and maybe somebody on the D-line or or maybe one of the edge rushers and Preston Smith or Rashawn or whoever, Darnell Savage in the defensive backfield. It's it's a year of answering a lot, a lot of questions. And I think Packers fans in a different way than championship expectations – are excited. And tell me if I'm wrong, right? Tell me if you feel otherwise, 844-770-3776. But that's, I think, where a lot of people's heads are at, and rightfully so. It's just a different year. It's a different level of excitement. Um, obviously, it's it's not exciting to know you're not going to win the Super Bowl, but it's a new era. It's time to flip the page. This could be the start of another really fun quarterback era. could be, but it also could not be. And this could be the start of quarterback hell that you just really don't know. He's Alex Stroff. I'm Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. And I've been saying this over and over again about this team, and it's not a bad thing. I really think their blueprint is the 49ers. Yeah. So there might not be a quarterback era in front of you. It doesn't mean it won't be a winning era. It just might mean that your favorite player might be a Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa type or Debo Samuel type and not the quarterback. And it's an interesting theory because the 49ers are trying to thread the needle in a way that nobody else, I guess, outside of the Ravens have really threaded the needle. It is the harder way to do it, but it might be the more realistic way to do it because when you look at Detroit, look at Chicago, when you're trying to just wait it out for the star quarterback, you're kind of SOL. Instead of building out the entire roster around the quarterback and make that all so good that you might be able to... Because you're trying to, and this is... You're trying to find a one-of-one. The the difference... Let's look at Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Because, you know, I always kind of lean on Chicago. There is a chasm difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. A chasm difference between Patrick Mahomes and those players. At this point... We're getting near a chasm difference between Mahomes and Rodgers. And then you go Rodgers to those other players. It's the quarterback, and 
Packer fans, rightfully so, have been spoiled by it, so it's hard to even wrap your brain around it. Like Jared Goff is, most Packer fans would say, oh, he's not a good quarterback. He'd be a hell of a quarterback if, if Jordan Love turns into that guy. And I think the Packer, and this is not the worst strategy, I honestly think Goody and LaFleur are saying, you know what, LaFleur thinking to himself, I'm a genius, I can create an offense at any quarter, because that's the whole idea behind this Rams, Kyle Shanahan, 49ers, Lions offense, is that you don't need a star quarterback. Let the coach be the star. We'll have a magnificent offense. I'll game plan everything. The quarterback just needs to do what I tell him to do, and that'll get us enough points. And then you build. You don't spend the money on the quarterback. You spend it on the defense and the skill players around the quarterback. And anyone could throw the ball to, to Debo Samuel and watch him make plays. And Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers were 12 and one with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's a throwback and it's a it's a kind of counterculture. But the Ravens and the 49ers have done it. Of saying, you know, Lamar Jackson's you know right now looks like that type of player, like a star guy. Now they're paying him, but up until Lamar and just till they paid him. They are winning without paying a star quarterback for a long time. Same with the 49ers. Yeah, I think Flacco got paid at some point, and, and, and he was. But they moved off him. He was quick an upper echelon quarterback. But you're right about that. Yeah, you're, you're right about that point of it. So it, it, it's interesting, and but the Packers haven't done everything you just described, right? I mean, in, in, and when they won the Super Bowl, they Flacco was not getting paid. Oh, correct, correct. And he had like that all-time postseason: eleven touchdowns, no interceptions, best uh, best yeah. postseason ever, and. You know that's ultimately what led him to getting paid. But you're right; he was a middle of the pack guy, like Goff, like Cousins, who just kind of wavered. Sometimes he was top ten, sometimes maybe even snuck into maybe top eight. But then some years he was like nineteen or twenty. So the the that might be the realistic you know ceiling for Jordan Love. But you talked about putting the pieces around him. The Packers have done jack squat in that department. They can't do it this year. They're the youngest receiving core in the league. Their backfield's great. Their tight end is probably the youngest room in the league. Haven't seen the official stat on that. Their O-line is young outside of Bakhtiari. And, and Jenkins at this point is a veteran, but he's still young. There aren't pieces for the Packers to win a Super Bowl. Crap. There's not pieces to get the Packers to the playoffs, really. Unless Jordan Love elevates everybody around him. Now, could that be the case for the Packers' next quarterback in four years when Christian Watson's in his, entering his sixth season? And Romeo Dobbs is entering his sixth season, and, and uh, you know uh, Jaden um, blanking on his last name from from Michigan State, uh, Jaden Reed. Thank you is entering his fifth season. Yeah, I mean realistically, those guys at that point are vets. You bring in a rookie or second year quarterback. If Jordan Love just isn't it, then maybe that works. But right now, that plan is not going to work uh, as as it's worked previous years, like last year for San Francisco, and in the past for teams like Baltimore. They don't have the pieces, and that's more concerning to me than what Jordan Love is or isn't because I don't know how much stock we can put into Jordan Love's play if the receivers have not progressed and taken that next jump. I don't know how much Jordan Love honestly matters because the Packers are not paying him, and I think the most important part this year for the Packers is they want to know what Jordan Love is, but it's not the end-all, be-all. I think they're also their goal this year is to get everyone on the same clock. So cleaning out a, a Bakhtiari, maybe it's even Kenny Clark in the future, trading him, moving on. Yeah. I think they're going to they're going to try this year and next to get all these young players on the same clock to restart a window, and that's when you're going to start. Let's assume, let's go positive here. Watson hits and Dobbs. Watson continues to grow. Dobbs continues to grow. Jaden Reed's your next Randall Cobb type. Musgraves and Kraft hit. Uh, Jenkins continues to stay healthy and, and grow, and you, your offensive line fills in and. Jones walks, but you have Dylan. So now you are the Bengals. You just described the Bengals, right? But that's they have Burrow. 
again, you're still trying to get to the 49ers. And I, what you're doing here is you're letting contracts walk away. And as you fill in over like a one and two year time with drafts. Now, we talked about it the other day. Their draft, the Eric's was a 2021 draft. Right now, hot garbage. We gave it a, an overall oh, grade, yeah, and this yeah. was Alex Strove's grade. It was not a passing grade. It was a 1.5 on a four point scale. Yeah, it was like my high school GPA, yeah. Right. So that's they're trying to get out from that eight ball as well. So in a perfect world, Jordan Love looks good enough and you and you hedge your bet next year. So you use your two first rounders on players that help you next year and for the future, not quarterbacks. And then you use one of your second rounders or package those up and, and draft the quarterback in the second round. And so all these all this draft compensation and all this contract they're going to be freeing up by getting rid of Bach and maybe uh, uh, other players as the year goes as the offseason goes. And then you have these picks. Now you're ready to really start building that 49ers roster. And that could be with Jordan Love or without Jordan Love. But I really think, and his contract says it, Jordan Love is kind of inconsequential to the Packers' plan. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct about that. Uh, at least this year, right? I think that's what you if mean. He, if he hits, great. But he is not the linchpin for the plan. No, if, he's, if Jordan if, Love, and that's what the contract what is. What if he completely stinks, Jimmy? Like, what if he what if he is Nathan Peterman turnover machine? You want that? How much you, stock do you put into that? You want if he's a turnover machine, you got to get him out. Yeah, and you walk away from it. And if you're a Packer fan, you prefer that over middle of the road. But if he does what Rodgers did a year ago, which again I, I think it was somewhere around three thousand yards. I know it was twenty six touchdowns, twelve interceptions. Are you happy with that? I think that gives you. I think the Packers are still drafting a quarterback or second, or third round, depending on they have to kind of know part of it. But who, I think, who are they going after next? Graham Mertz. I don't know the quarterbacks for next year. Or, I do. Graham Mertz. No, uh, Mordecai. Mordecai. Just keep keep him in Wisconsin. We just don't know who those guys are. There could be someone. Who, no, I know, I know. I'm just being Spencer Rattler. Oh God, that'd be awesome. He's going to be the number two overall pick, though. I thought it was a guy no. from uh, Carolina. What? May. No, May. Spencer no, May, 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 May. Drake May, yes, yeah, from yeah, North Carolina. May, yes. Spencer yeah, Rattler from South Carolina, yes. you're thinking. Yeah. Yes, Rattler. Yes. He, How's he playing? He, from Oklahoma, he went from Oklahoma. He went from Oklahoma to South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, he's the one who got passed up by Caleb Williams, who's actually That's on the screen right now. That's what happened, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, so, I mean, we just don't know what will break out with quarterbacks. My point being, I'm doing mock drafts on NFL Live right now. Sorry, Jim, continue. I ju- and I think you can take solace in this, Packer fans. Jordan Love is not the key to the Packers' future. And if you look at it like that, that what he does this year is only a bonus, I think you can breathe easy throughout the year. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're going to throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Got the magic in me Every time I touch that track It turns into gold Jordan Love might not be the story next year. I'm just saying that I think the Packers, with this contract, have kind of said, Jordan Love, we hope you're good, but you're not going to make or break our future success. They have draft picks in the 2024 draft. I think they have at least four in the first two rounds in the 2024 draft. Two first-rounders, two second-rounders. They'll have... Moves to be made of getting rid of Bakhtiari. Kenny Clark could be a guy they clear out of. Aaron Jones will be a guy that's likely cleared out of. They're going to continue to clean out and reset their clock and get a lot of these players on a similar timeline. And because of the Aaron Rodgers trade, they do have enough draft capital to make what Jordan Love does this year inconsequential. So I wouldn't even freak out this year, Packer fans, if Jordan Love doesn't look 
like the next franchise quarterback. He doesn't have to because I think the blueprint will be the 49ers. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're presented by Coors Light. Let's throw some stones. The guys live in glass houses, but that's never stopped them before. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. It's time to throw some stones. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? On Rutledge and Hamilton, brought to you by Metro Kia Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. All right, guys, it is time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. And each and every day, I waste a ton of time scrolling Twitter and leaves me with a lot more questions than answers. Instead of answering those questions myself, though, I bring him to Jim and Strofe looking for answers. So I'll score those answers throughout. And at the end, we will crown a winner of throwing stones. So... As we mentioned in the second segment of the show today, today is May 4th. May the 4th be with each of you. Also with Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, and as we were, as I was scrolling Twitter, you couldn't ignore May the 4th. Everyone tweeting about it, all the Star Wars fans in full glee today, as well as a couple of teammates in our office. Our social media specialist, Maddie, wore her Star Wars t-shirt. Our head of content, Jesse Nelson, wore a lightsaber polo today. So guys, I ask... Does wearing Star Wars gear to work on May the 4th, is that even too nerdy for Star Wars fans? Or does it, you know, pass on this day of all holiest days? <laughs> I would say if you dressed up like in full costume, that's going too far today. <laughs> God, uh, I would love to see Jesse Nelson oh like a Darth God. Vader suit. Now, Jesse, I think that's a shirt gifted to him by Matt Hamilton. Correct, so it's kind yes. of like a golf shirt, and they're a little extravagant. So a golf Star Wars shirt is not crazy. My For my birthday, my daughter uh, got me a golf head cover that says, May the course be with you. It is a Star Wars one. So a lot of guys like me like Star Wars, but also like golf. So there's a lot of crossover there. And, and, and Maddie wearing a T-shirt, I think that's pretty pretty subdued you wear on sports day like what's dorkier uh they're the same of wearing your favorite team's t-shirt on friday or wearing star wars shirts on may the 4th wearing they're, a jersey or a costume but they're equally uh dorky yes wearing a jersey is that's a different level of, of dorky yeah yeah i just can't do it yeah i'm over buying jerseys for the record i, I am officially i officially own zero packers jerseys with the current play and every once in a while i'm like oh i want to get the no i don't want to get the jersey no but, it's it's not a good investment these days Anyway, yeah, do whatever makes you happy. It doesn't bother me. I got to be honest, I didn't even realize any of them were wearing Star Wars stuff, so I, I was oblivious to it. All right, living that die, I suppose. But uh, anyways, speaking of jerseys, the Packers' uh, official Twitter account tweeted that rookie jerseys have been added at the team's pro shop. So, guys, of the rookies on this year's Are you about to ask us class, what jersey we're going to buy? What jersey are you going to buy? Yeah, who? You, who <laughs> if you had to buy a jersey, obviously you're against them, but... After getting Good to know timing. some of the, some of the top draft picks so far, Strofe, who would you buy? What's the safe pick? Sean Clifford. Um, who's the kicker? Give Carlson, me the kicker. Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, no, I mean it'd be Van S. He's he's the he's the only safe buy, right? I mean, maybe one of these tight ends. I love Jaden Reed, but you just never know with wide receivers, whether it's injuries, whether it's systems, wh- whatever it is. You can't confirm or uh, you know expect anything. So I would go Lucas Van Ness, super boring pick. I don't buy jerseys anymore. I don't know. Uh, yeah, way to adjust on the fly there, Brian. You just Thank asked you. the Thank question you. after we murdered jerseys. Uh, I mean, if it's me, just for sheer comedy's sake, I would get a Sean Clifford jersey. Yeah, for sure. That's I a mean, good one. That, that for me, well, as he's it, rocking number eight, Rogers' new number. Like that's kind of fun. Yeah, and just be like, what an obscure jersey? Because there are like the only case I make for jerseys is like. Like for a Bears fan, if like 
I had found an old Cade McNown jersey. Like, that would be, like, funny, be fun. ironic to fun. wear. So if you found an old Randy Wright jersey as a Packers fan, like, that would be great. Good Either Paul. one of you know who Randy Wright is. Randy Wright, yeah, great Paul. He's I'm a vending, vending machine guy these days, right? I don't know what he does now, but he played for the Badgers and the Packers. Yeah. I have an autograph of his. He lives in the area still. My my mom might still have it. So when I was in Fort Atkinson, that's where I went to elementary school. I was a Purdy Panther. And Excuse, wait, what was that? Purdy Elementary. As in like Brock Purdy? P-U-R-D-Y, yeah. Wow. Purdy Elementary in Fort Atkinson. I went to school there through, I think, fourth grade. And Randy Wright came to Purdy Elementary. And we were the Panthers. And he came there and signed autographs, and I had a he signed one for everyone. So there was a Randy Wright autograph that I didn't want. I'm sure I gave it to my mom. Maybe she has it. Maybe she doesn't. But Randy Wright, I did meet him and get an autograph. In 2016, according to Randy Wright's Wikipedia page, in 2016, USA Today named Wright the worst starting quarterback in Packers history. Ouch! Did not see Anthony Dillwig play. How long was he the starter though? He might not have actually like started. Because Wright was the starter for what, like four years Mike in the eighties. Tom- Mike Tomzak did he end up starting like not as the main starter, but Tomzak like- did start a little bit. But could yeah. Sean Clifford be the next one on that list? I mean, if you if you got a custom jersey of Sean his, Clifford won't be a starter. If you got a custom jersey of his and instead of Clifford it said LinkedIn QB, would that be better? Would you buy LinkedIn that one? QB. <laughs> he is I, the LinkedIn I, QB. I love that he? he updated it. Yeah, he's the one that updated so, his job. Anthony yeah. Dillwig in 1990 was two and five as a quarterback, threw for almost two, threw threw almost 200 passes, which back then might have been a good chunk of games, and he threw for. 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, seven, inter- seven interceptions with a 52% completion percentage. Yikes. Uh, Bears, I have the list up. The Bears, I'm going to give you the year. You tell me who the quarterback is. The worst starting QB in Bears history, 2003. 2003. 20 years ago. Coming up on the 20-year anniversary of this quarterback starting for the Chicago Bears. Rick Meyer? No. Good guess. I think he was right around there, though. Cade McNown? Wrong. Man. Uh, or number 10. Henry Burris? No. Craig Krenzel? No. Wow, this is unbelievable. Uh, Dave Craig? No, still wrong. And number t- Jim Miller? Still wrong. That wouldn't be the right answer. Uh, he hit the buzzer. Cordell Stewart? You, you got it. Right. Cordell Stewart. Yep. Well done. Well this, done. That's a set. Those are all real people. Yeah, so here, here you go, folks. When Jim says he is an expert of bad quarterback play, that is your example why. Jason Campbell played for the Chicago Bears. I showed you a photo yesterday like of, Jason a, of a QB room, but this is past whatever prime Jason Campbell had. Jason Campbell. In Oakland, right? Yeah. The uh, actually Washington, Washington was too, yeah, yeah, yeah. The QB room when the pack when the Bears had Mike Glennon and drafted Mitch Trubisky, their third quarterback was Mark Sanchez. Yeah, you show me. That Mike yesterday. Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, Mark Sanchez. I had no idea Mark and Sanchez wow. played for the this Bears. This is why I oh. say at times of like you can get yourself hyped. But when you look back at it, you're like, I was a fool. Like you were, tr- you could try to sell yourself. Like they could grind it out, and maybe they can win some tight games. There is a world with horrendous quarterback play. Like the names I gave you are real human beings: Craig Krenzel, Henry Burris. I mean, Peter Tom Willis. That is a real person that was on the Bears roster as a quarterback. These aren't movie characters. Peter, really? Peter Tom Willis from Florida State. Steve Walsh. That's a quarterback name. You would think he'd be successful. Peter Tom Willis. I feel like he was 5'9". Like back, Rex Grossman, obviously. Yeah, you're right. That sounds Kyle like a soccer Orton. player. Then. He sounded like names that Arnold Schwarzenegger would have had in 80s movies. Right. Like yeah, his, his generic, you know, white male American names. Eric Kramer was probably the best of my lifetime. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh was there. Oh, Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. a sad state of affairs. Sad I don't wish that on anyone. 
No, no, certainly not. And then we don't wish anything on anyone down in the state of Alabama either. Alabama, the University of, has fired its baseball head coach Brad Bohannon after he was found to be connected with betting activity in Ohio <laughs> concerning the LSU-Alabama game this past Friday. Two people briefed the investigation, told The Athletic. So guys, do you think that it's just a matter of time before we actually have betting fixing allegations on NFL games as well? Strofe? Did we just do this question? Um, I... I I, no. Wait, what's the question? If we have regulations on gambling? No, 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 not regulations. I'm saying, how do you think it's a matter of time before we have an allegation like this in the NFL? Uh, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. I do think it's a matter of time. It'll happen because it already has, right? Calvin Ridley got caught for gambling on games when he was injured. No, but I'm talking about fixing games. Sorry, fixing games. That's what he's being accused of. Oh, at Alabama. oh okay. That's, that's another level. Sorry, uh, I didn't make that clear. NFL's a little bit different than college ball. I think you could fly under the radar a little bit more, but I, I wouldn't I would not be shocked if a referee or somebody gets caught for gambling Tim Donahue style. So yeah, I mean I, I think it's inevitable because it's everywhere now. It's so accessible. You assume, and this is where I have the issue, and this is a lot of things it's also like with conspiracy uh, theories that I have the issue with. Fixing a game is not easy. Is that where you're going? Also, the cover-up is not easy, fixing a game is not easy, but you're also assuming the worst out of everyone. That if gambling is legal. And in the NFL, you can gamble on everything. But why are people fixing games? Why? I bet you it comes out somewhere in here. And Tim Donahue, too. You get into debt because you're legally gambling. Someone's threatening your life or your house or your kids. And now you got to fix the game to save your ass. It's not because I'm a, I just want to fix the game because I don't want to win. It's because you got yourself in dire straits and you're working with uh, criminals. And then criminals are making you do criminal things. Wait, so why was this guy in Ohio? If well, because he placed coach. the bet in Ohio. It's through an Ohio sports book. So did he fly to Ohio to place this bet? Because you have to be there to I mean, place it through an Ohio sports book. There's VPNs, the dark web. I mean, there are there are ways around this. He's a college baseball coach. He can't be that clever. I mean, he clearly wasn't. He got caught. I so. mean, like college baseball well, coaches are typically allegedly. older fellas. I didn't know what a VPN but again, also, was. Also, college baseball coach is probably getting paid ten grand to coach college baseball. Uh, more, be a head coach that. in the SEC, you're getting paid pretty well. Pretty well. I don't know how... 30? Six, six figures at least. You think so? College baseball In the SEC, yes. But I don't I don't know. Brad Bohannon made $275,000 a year. That is the head coach of Alabama. Ridiculous. That's criminal. They should not have paid him that much money. <laughs> then I don't know what he's doing. I thought he maybe didn't make a lot of money. My point being, no, I just think that it's still nothing compared to when NFL players get paid. That And if they're not getting in trouble with bookies and they're not getting behind and it's not as criminal, that's the whole point of legalizing certain things is to take away the criminal element. And so I'm going to say... No, you're not going to see a giant push of illegal game fixing because gambling is not legal. I'm not buying the slippery slope. Uh, well, it's already become a little slippery. But uh, fixing fixing is another step, and football is impossible. I don't know how you could fix a football game. That's my point. Fixing again is a massive criminal act that'll send you to prison for a while because it involves multiple. Like you know, there's there's a lot of layers to that. Yeah, be tax Did Tim fraud Donnie in there. Go to prison. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how, he's out now. But. Probably, but you're hiding money. There's so much in and it's just I don't assume people are gonna do criminal activity things. Like that's the jump you make with a lot of these conspiracy theories and also a lot of these slippery slope arguments is that everyone's just waiting to be a criminal. They just needed the opportunity. And I just don't generally believe that. Like I think in the perfect world, football players do not want to be in a position where they have to fix games. They want to win these games. And so ideally, they're not in that position, especially if there's caps on what they can spend, which there are in NFL rules too. And if you're doing it legally, sure. people can track it. Your uh, agent or your accountant can get involved. Like, dude, cut down the gambling. 
True. True. <laughs> well, Brad it has Bo- to come from a bank account. You have to have the money. Brad Bohannon. That's a, that's a baseball name right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jordan is he part of the Bohannon group? Uh, no, spelled differently, unfortunately. Uh, before we get to break, Rip and Rona chimes in when Jim was naming Bears quarterbacks. It reminded me of the scene in Major League <laughs> when they're rattling off rosters yeah, yeah, and who are yeah. these flipping guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Noah Madison chimes in. Cleveland Browns give the Bears a run for their money. He's not wrong. Oh, without a doubt. They, no, they take the cake. I think the Browns had it worse than the Bears. And uh, JJ and Poinette chimes in. When Orton was the QB, I never understood why no teams figured out a water boy strategy to beat the Bears. Just take a knee, uh, even on fourth down, don't kick it to Hester, and eventually you'll win that game 3 to nothing. To be real honest, I'm trying to think of other teams who've had it as bad as the Browns and the Bears. The Broncos, uh, to stick with our B theme. They had Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. They had Jay Cutler for a while, but I, and now they've got Russell Wilson. But the in betweens were always right. Really but they had John Elway too. I mean, he yeah, had the Super 90s, Bowls yeah, in there. Yeah, the Texans are up there for a bag quarterbacks. Texans, Tom are Savage. Up there. Who else? Oh, Pittsburgh. Paul Christ. Tom Savage, legend. Jackson. Miami's struggled for a long time since Marino. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. Jay Fiedler, Dante Culpepper. But Tannehill they, was there for a while. He brought him to the playoffs. Yeah, but, like, but the Tannehill's a Cutler. Like it's not. He's a middle of the pack dude. Right. That's yeah. Miami had a, has a I was down Washington. there. It was a rough run. Yeah, Washington since Mark Rippon. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Campbell was okay there for a while. Yeah, you know, it's it. not it's not dearth of you know. Rex Grossman had a couple of decent hey, years. How, how about the team Aaron Rodgers has went to? Jets. Jets have been yeah. really. Oh bad. yeah, since Namath, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they Sanchez, Sanchez, for a year. Bit, Sanchez was okay for a few years. Yeah, the last decade they've been trash at that position. A lot of losers. Lot yeah, of losers. it's it's not easy to find a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, who's a, you know who's a winner, though? Probably Jim Rutledge. Oh, yeah. DJ Tough week for you, show. Yeah. All I do is win. That's why I go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. That's where winners go. Last month alone, over $11 million in jackpots. What are you waiting for? Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. You'll enjoy your weekend. You can uh, do some gambling uh, and have a great time over at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Have a Coors Light while you're there. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Michael McDonald action coming back here, right? Is that who this is? You're looking at the wrong guy. Uh, this is taking it to the streets. Doobie B. It's listed. The Doobie, Doobie Brothers. Brothers Doobie Michael Brothers. That'll yeah. be what it is. Which is Michael McDonald. So yes, to answer your question. You can see I'm musically illiterate. I I don't know many many artists. Well, it's better may, than being may the illiterate be with like you. Uh, Alex Stroh. Eight four four seven. I'm illiterate. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You started the show within the first five words you said. You said petted. So no, he I, he asked if I like. Oh yeah, you're right. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Are you going to report, uh, Ben Brusk? I think he. Just had another HR violation because he, he they're in Madison, Grace. Dude, this, every time he with uh, their presence here, Scalzo and Brust. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're presented by Coors Light. It's Mountains Blue. You know what to do, and that's crush Coors Light. He's Alex Stroff. I'm Jim Rutledge. So Jesse Nelson walked through with his uh, Star Wars lightsaber. Um, oh boy, Polo, and he said Ben Brust is asking me to get him a coffee. And I said, why didn't you just tell him a pound sand? Like, why would you get Ben Brust? A yeah, coffee? why wouldn't he get his own? Yeah, I'm sorry. Have I? If the only time I've asked anyone to get me coffee, I 
I had them. I paid. I offered to pay them a coffee. Like if someone is going to get me a coffee, I say, I, "Can you go get a coffee? You fly, I'll buy." I would never ask anyone to just get a coffee without offering to pay for it. I, I kind of love that by Benny. I, I don't think that's an HR violation. That's using your resources. That's being in an a hole. Yeah, but if there's one person to be an a hole towards, he picked it's the right one. Jesse Nelson. Yeah, uh, I, but I like, say so. But that's it's being a bully. In the idea of it's fine to be a bully if you're bullying someone that is on par with you. Is Jesse Nelson not on par with Ben Russell? Like you're just picking on the little guy, literally and figuratively. Like you're just like, <laughs> why are you doing it? Like you're just like you're not picking a fight. Literally like, and figuratively. Like, do you think he'd ask Matt Hamilton or Tom Olson or Tauscher to get him a coffee? Do you think he'd ask Greg Scalzo to get him a coffee? I don't think he'd even ask me to. That's what I'm saying. So like he just picked the lowest hanging fruit. Of the one guy in the office that would do it for him. Yeah, and it worked. But that's uh, that's using your resources. I'm actually going to give Ben the benefit of the doubt here. No, I think that's I, I'm not in on it. Like if you're going to do it, then ask someone that would you'd actually have to convince. Yeah, he's a marketing that can can get someone else to convince him to go get him a coffee because he wasn't. It was just the coffee here at the office, which is trash. But like the physical coffee here in the in our building is horrible. It's fine. It it's is horrible. horrendous. It's not horrible. It's fine. It is horrendous. It's not no, fine. Nobody drinks it more than Ryan. I, I, I drink it too much. Yeah. yeah I, I have not. Honest. Here's a full pulling back curtain here. You're going to sound like me talking about Star Wars. Go ahead. Well, here's what it is. So we set up this cleaning, like this coffee thing we realized had to be cleaned. So initially when we got the coffee maker, I had coffee once in a while, and then we were like, oh, it has to be cleaned out, this coffee thing, so we're going to set a schedule. And I said, you know what? I'm done. So leave me off the schedule. It is not worth me having to do anything to have that coffee, and I haven't had one since. Because the ability- so you just don't want to do it's not work. well it's not worth it like I'd rather just go buy a coffee than have to clean this coffee maker for crappy coffee so I just said because it wouldn't be right it would not be right if I was drinking a coffee and I was cleaning it I do and I was not cleaning it well just come in late like I do and then they won't ask you to clean it but that's a jerk move. That's worse than asking Jesse Nelson to get you coffee. No, it's not. Absolutely. No, it is not. Me. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Which me, is worse, Alex Strofe drinking co- communal coffee when the standard is set that you're supposed to help clean that communal right, but coffee I'm not maker? On the schedule. There's a schedule. I'm not but, on. It. Or is it Ben Bruss just dropping once in a while and asking Jesse Nelson to uh, get him a coffee? Uh, Ryan, where do you chime in? By on far this the one? latter. I would agree. The coffee in our break in our storage closet is what it is uh it's not the highest quality no it's but, not okay but what about strofe drinking it regularly but never bothered to clean it yeah um How i'll be honest i think it? i've done it i was about to say i've probably done the same thing i yeah, haven't i have you. not cleaned it once uh you I've, got you two programming guys are giving the programming folks bad that's name. fair i we me and strofe got us giving you uh, giving us a bad name you're lazy we're not here without us you're lazy though make the clean the coffee or don't drink it. I don't know how. Nobody ever you, took the time to teach me. Well, how long do you think it takes to learn it? Uh, it's a complicated machine, Jim. It's large. You can make mochas. You can make lattes. You can make just the so, black coffee. If I go out there and I ask uh, Tom or Marissa or someone, Wittis, who's someone who cleans it, hey, show Alex how to do it, and then you'll do it? No, they won't, okay. won't, they won't want me to do it because they want coffee when they get here at 8 a.m., and I'm you not here at 8 a.m. You don't have to clean it every day. You just clean it yes, you have to clean it every day. You can clean it when you leave, Right. You're the last one to leave often, right? That's that's true. So you could clean it that. when you leave. I'll give you that. So like at a restaurant, you most of the time you leave, when you leave you clean. That's a good point. It is like the, a restaurant. The, yeah. 
Yeah, but that's not how they do it here. That's not the system they've implemented, and I'm not going to talk them out of it. If I ask him to change the system, why would do you it? do that? Why would you do that? Because I think it's, you're I just th- trying to slight me. You're no, you're no better than Ben Bruss. No, you're I just trying to bully me now. No, I just think it's no. Listen to you. You're just you're becoming everything no. you hate about Ben Bruss. Well, no one you're bullying me. You are a higher standard than Jesse. But the other part of it is. What you're doing, I'm not bullying you. I'm just trying to get you to do what's right. You're just trying to hold me accountable. Right. Which is what you do. Right. Because people like you, and pe- you like people who are held accountable. JJ Poinette chimes in. Me. I'm with Jim on this. If you want to have it, you got to put in the work. That's why I said, when we learned that, I said, that's fine. I don't want to, I'm not going to have the coffee. I will just go buy coffee or I'll bring in my own coffee because I don't really like this coffee and I don't want to spend the time to clean it when I don't care for the coffee. I will either make it at home or bring it in, or I'll go buy my own. Yeah, that's that fair. is the that's totally accountable also, thing yeah. to do. In my, in my defense, it's not like I'm drinking a cup of coffee every day. Uh, how many do you drink? Uh, from here, twice a month, maybe. So you can't clean it once a month. Once a month, I could do. Okay. Once a week, I'm not doing. I well, was drinking like two or three a day at one yeah, point. Yeah, he was. He I've was never. W- I've never once cleaned that coffee. And machine. you don't have any gut rot or anything? Oh no, no. You should come in the studio when I'm in here alone. Sometimes yeah, it, it smells pretty awful. I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, yeah it stinks. That's, that's it's, he's worse than me. I don't know if you know that. The both of you stink. Well, I, both I smell great. Give, you guys are classic. You've shared the studio with me all week. You haven't complained once. True, but studio's nice and spacious. Both of you guys are classic. Um, programming guys. All right. I'm. Yeah. So you're. So Ben Bross is a bully, but you're not. No. What is that supposed to mean? I'm just being honest. Wait, what does that mean? I'm not asking you to, like, again, I'm not swinging down, and I'm not asking you to go run errands for me. I'm just giving you facts. So what's the fact? Why you are you saying programming that? What does guys? that mean? You're stinky. Uh, you are lazy, apparently, because you not can't lazy. clean up after yourself. You can't uh, help with the coffee. Both of you drinking coffee but not cleaning, that, to me, feels lazy. It's not my fault. They made a schedule and didn't put me on it. That is not my fault. That's out of my control. You can step up and say, hey, folks, I, I drink coffee as well. Maybe Wittis doesn't need to clean it two days a week because I drink coffee. Does too. he clean it two days a week? I don't, I'm not involved. Everybody I don't drink this once coffee. a week. Everybody has their own day. We can't add a day for Al. You couldn't have said, hey, you know you what? You want me to come I, in on Sundays and clean the coffee machine that nobody's used since Friday? Is that what you'd like? No, you could step up. Have you ever done it and been like, hey, Hopper, you know what? I've had a couple coffees this week. I got you. I'm going to clean Once it. again, don't know how to do it. Again, someone can show you easy. You know, you you really like to stand on your pedestal because you go and buy coffee elsewhere. Or I make it at home. Yeah. And I, I clean Which is what I home. do when I drink coffee, typically. Except for when you drink it here. Which is, like, once again, is maybe once every other week. And you can't be bothered to, to be a part of it. Why would I? Because you're not oh, a team you player. Are just the worst This is Rutledge and Hamilton. Person. Team player Rutledge. <laughs> anti-team player Aaron Rodgers type Alex Stroff. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Victoria Slacker, Alex Strofalong. With me. The hell did I do? Wonderful teammate Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. I'll tell you what, though. Matt Hamilton definitely does not clean the coffee maker. I have great news for you. What's that? There is a new show out on Peacock starring Pete Davidson. Love Pete Davidson. And you love the word in which the show is titled. Is it Pupkiss? It sure is. No kidding, right? Pupkiss featuring Pete Davidson now out on Peacock. I don't have that streaming service. 
One of the few you don't have, I assume, because everybody's got everyone, it seems. I have a login for you. I can send it to you if you want to Perfect. Well, mainly because here's one. I signed up for Paramount Plus. Okay, it, that one I don't have. Don't do it. It is crap. What's on there? It's pretty is bad. Is that like Nickelodeon? Yeah, I did it, one, because it was like a Black Friday thing, so you got like a year for like 20 bucks. Oh, nice. and I was like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Right. So um, I automatically like, immediately said I don't want to renew it. I did it. Well, one, I thought there was going to be a movie. Um, there was a Fletch sequel, a third one with uh, John Hamm. John Hamm. Uh, the name of it is Escape Me at the Moment. That it implied it was on, but it was actually a Showtime one. And like Wolf of Wall Street, I probably watched like twice on there. Great movie. Otherwise, there's two other. This is why I did it. Yellowstone spinoffs that yeah. are on there. One with Harrison Ford and one with Sam Elliott that we will watch before the year comes up. So like that'll be worthwhile. But. I wanted. I thought Yellowstone would be on it because it's a Paramount, but no, it's on Peacock for streaming, but oh, on Paramount for TV. Well, that's confusing. It's stupid. Very confusing. Uh, total side note, you mentioned Wolf of Wall Street. Real quick, best Leonardo DiCaprio movie is what? Ooh. Off the top of your head. Oh, man. Uh, I'd probably go Inception, personally. I'm not f***ing leaving. That one's, Wolf of Wall Street's great. It's super quotable. What was the one he just did with Brad Pitt? It's really good, though. Once Upon a Time Once in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time yeah, in Hollywood good. is really good. good. Have you seen uh, Catch Me If You Can? I love that back, movie. Back in like the That's not him 2000s. at his best, but that movie's so rewatchable. Titanic. I can fire that one on you. Titanic. What's Eating Gilbert? Grape. Yeah. Basketball yeah. Diaries. Uh, this Boy's Life. Okay, I asked you for the best one. I know. Now you've just rattled off about nine I know. answers. Jan- he's so good in Django Unchained, too. He's what's, incredible what's, what's, in Django. What's, what's his best movie? I'm gonna go with Wolf of Wall Street because he was just it was he was the driving star throughout. Yes, there is an ensemble cast there, but he was the focus of it throughout. And some of these other ones, he's sharing the screen with Kate Winslet, uh, or you know, I, I, I was gonna go with he's sharing the screen with others. But Wolf of Wall Street is a Leonardo DiCaprio uh, joint, much like Spike Lee sort of thing. <laughs> it's a tour de force, one might yes, say. Yes, absolutely. If 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 I gave you another guess and told you Bupkiss was not the name of the Pete Davidson show that's coming out, you would have said. A Pete Davidson joint. That's like those are like your two go tos. Right. Well, it's a Spike Lee joint thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know the reference. I'm just saying you love saying it's an Aaron Rodgers joint or it's a Jordan Love joint or whatever. Matt Lafleur joint. Yeah, it fits though. Jim Rutledge joint. It is. It is Jim Rutledge joint. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. Damn straight. Uh, is Leonardo DiCaprio are the greatest actor of our generation? I think we kind of cross generations. Yeah, yeah, I would have to say. I would say yes. Since Tom Hanks, yeah, I would put him up there. Oh, yep. Rip and Ron chimes in with the Departed. Really good in that. Oh, good. Yes. Good like the part, it could almost. It's still so much. That's such a heavy cast. And Matt Damon is a large chunk of it. And then you have Mark Wahlberg is a large Jack chunk of Nicholson it. Jack Nicholson hangs over that entire movie. Yeah, he's the worst in it. Yes, honestly. agreed. But, uh, yeah, the, so that's why I went with Wolf of Wall Street. That even though that's an ensemble cast, he is the star of that ensemble cast. I don't know if he was great in this movie, but a movie I love that he's in, Gangs of New York, another Scorsese joint. Yep, that's a great one. But that one has. Uh, Oh, God, what's his name? Who plays the butcher? Um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. He might, actually, he might give Leo a run for his money. He's greatest actor of the generation. Ooh, interesting. I would disagree. I, I, I would go with I feel like you sure. have to, one, pump out some... You have to be a movie star. And Daniel Day-Lewis is not He's a not movie a star. star. He could technically be the greatest actor, but he is not a movie star. He's like... He's like Kendrick Lamar, like, releases an album Ooh, once every five like years. That. But it's incredible. It's incredible every time he does. No doubt. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Your favorite uh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio movie. Also, Rip and Rona chimes in. Denzel could be the actor of our oh, generation yeah. as well. Oh yeah, he's going to yeah. be in a big movie ooh, coming up too. Ooh, it might be Denzel. Again, I go more skill than 
I think we it, time just un, I mean Titanic, uh, Wolf of Wall. I mean some of the movies that Leo was in the box office combined with the talent. Uh, the, I'm not saying that Denzel, Denzel could very well be a better actor than Leonardo. Yeah, but when you talk Django, like the movies he's been once upon, like he draws to the box office, The Departed. Then that's the one thing that Denzel hasn't reached fully. He's a hell of an actor and probably more accomplished and maybe even won more awards. But when you mix in the commercial success, that's why it's like Tom Hanks, uh, he's got Academy Awards and commercial success. Leo has that as well. Denzel not to the same level, and I love Denzel. To quote the great American orator Mark Tauscher, Leonardo DiCaprio's got chops. Yeah, uh, can do it all. Cody and Milton chimes in. Shutter Island and Inception, both good Leo movies. The Aviator. That's a bad uh, movie. He's good That's, in it, though. He's good, but that movie's three hours and it is a snooze fest. Can I tell you one sneaky good actor you guys should keep an eye on as he comes up? And he's, he's, an, he's a known actor, but he, he's kind of making that transition from comedy to drama. Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Barry, great sure. show. I, and I think he's going to, he's doing a horror movie next. I think he's going to, his star is going to continue to rise. This has been Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.